0: Welcome to Solo Solutions, short bite sized episodes of the podcast, which will help you create strategies to improve your physique, your mindset, your performance, your health, and your business. We all know that action leads to momentum and momentum leads to big goals. These episodes are designed to give you one key tip or one key strategy to help you push through your sticking blocks and get into the best condition, mindset, or business possible. Hello and welcome to another episode of Solar Solutions. In this episode, I want to talk meal timing, Meal Timing 101, how to get the most out of your meal timing, some of the things I've learned looking at clients and my own experiences with dieting over the last few years to try and make the dieting process as effortless and easy for you as possible. So... There's a lot of talk about meal timing. Some people say fasting is the way in and show all these amazing health benefits of fasting. You have the other campus here, you've got to eat lots of small meals across the day to make sure you keep your metabolism roaring. Um, So what's correct? To a degree, both of them and neither of them. When it comes to meal timing, when we're looking at dieting, we've got to understand the order of importance. Calorie balance is the single biggest thing that's going to affect body composition. Most of the people that look at intermittent fasting, so fasting for short periods of the day and having a short feeding window, not the big, long 24, 40, 72-hour fasts, often the benefit they receive in terms of health, mental clarity, and fat loss often come from the fact that with a smaller eating window, it found it easier for them to control the caloric intake. For the people who said they have a increased metabolism from having loads of small meals throughout the day well having more meals throughout the day does mean that you have your body's natural metabolism has to increase to burn this food up the the actual amount that does happen is so negligible that it doesn't really matter it's not going to negate you eating more so the caloric balance is the most important thing so if that's the case what is the ideal meal time for you the answer is what is your preference and what you can stick to for the long term understand that consistency of dieting is always going to trump the perfect diet every single time If you can find the most, if there was the most optimal diet, but you could only do it for a week, it wouldn't be optimal for you. So preference is going to be the major factor here when we're deciding meal timing. Most people can't stick to something that's eight meals a day. On the flip side, most people can't stick to just eating one meal a day without getting too hungry. Understanding that hunger is one of the things that makes dieting much, much more difficult for many, many people. And there's many, many strategies for hunger, including improving food volume um, and good meal timing. So in my experience, with, set with a few exceptions, intermittent fasting doesn't tend to work well for people. Long-term fasts like 24, 48 hours have shown huge health benefits in the gut health and microbiome, um, as well as energy and performance and various health markers. But shorter-term fasts, as we said, only really make a difference because of the calorie balance. And I find that, especially with girls but nearly anybody who has like one to two meals a day you tend to find it they, they, they struggle to keep under in a calorie deficit because as soon as they're opened up their feeding window they're going for something quick to balance their blood sugar the energies and blood sugar levels are often all over the place meaning they're tired exhausted and wanting to jump for anything they can get their hands on and fast imagine the scene if i locked you in a room for eight hours and then the I let you out and there's a salad bar to the left and a McDonald's to the right. You're probably going to the right-hand side. You're going for something quick and easy and satiating and something will get the blood sugars up quick. So intermittent fasting for most people doesn't tend to work very, very well. The second thing, so... With that in mind, I find somewhere between three and four meals tends to work well for some people. And the people who do prefer intermittent fasting on initially, I tend to find work best on having that one to two meals per day that they're used to, but then having one to two protein shakes around that, just to make sure they have something that's just going kind to of fill them up ever so slightly without being so much that they just can't handle at a certain time of day. So, that's in terms of meal amount of meals. That's what I'd look for in terms of what those meals consist of and how to structure those meals around your day the first thing we're going to look at is how to actually structure those meals around your day and this is where structure and planning ahead becomes really important because not every day necessarily are you going to have the same meal timings it's always good to have structure and routine i would recommend people keep the same meal timings as much as possible but sometimes you have an event sometimes you'll have to have more meals or less meals sometimes you'll have back to back meetings which you just can't get out of so the best advice I would give you is to plan your meals ahead of time. People who have structure, people who have routines of the day tend to find dieting much, much easier than people who wing it and hope for the best. People who have structure of the day know what's know how many calories they're having, they know what's, what it's coming from, they know their sources, there's less margin for error. And also they can manage the hunger signals much, much, much better. So when I look at tracking with clients, I often get them to track in the evening. So rather than tracking the end of the day and then they've got to remember what they had and what what amounts, I would get them to track the night before. So on Monday night, they'll track Tuesday's food, Tuesday night, Wednesday's food, Wednesday night, Thursday's food, etc., etc. That not only makes sure that they're gonna hit their targets with absolute certainty because when they wake up, they just have to eat what they said they were gonna eat. They're also putting in their food diaries at a time when they're probably checking their phone anyway, scrolling through Instagram, playing Candy Crush in the toilet, whatever they do with their phone, but most people mindlessly scroll in the evening when they've got nothing to do. But also then you can look to plan your meal times around your work schedule for the following day so you can maximize it to eliminate or alleviate some of the hunger you might feel when dieting and also to make sure that you're satiated around your meetings. So if I knew that I was gonna have four or five meetings or in my case, four or five clients back to back and I wasn't gonna get some food and I knew I wouldn't be able to bring a shake or some food in with me to the meetings, maybe I'll have a bigger meal on that day prior to those meetings to fill me up through that time so I'm not ravenously hungry when I come out of them, and maybe I'll have something like a shake and some nuts or something that's very, very quick, very, very easy to have, that is almost easier to grab what I've prepared than it is to go to the fast food restaurant on the corner. So, when looking at meal timings, first thing is preference, and the second thing is to plan it around your day. Now, if we're looking for the three to four meal timing sort of best practice routine here, How do you really try and get the most out of these? Well, as we said, meal timing, if calorie balance and macronutrient ratios are accounted for, it makes very little difference. But if you're one of the people like me who likes to fine-tune things and likes to get the best out of their day and feel good, I would recommend a meal relatively soon upon waking. Something just to wake you up, get you started for the day. I would have that normally consist of some form of protein and some form of fats. I know what you're thinking. But cereal and oats are the breakfast of the day, Simon, and it's the most important meal of the day. Carbs give you energy. In reality, for most people, that's rarely the case. I remember starting out as a personal trainer, and I was giving everyone a steak and nuts diet. Now I don't necessarily go to that extremes now because I've learned better, and I've learned that it's not the necessary way of doing things. And I'm, it's a much, it's a very, very hard sell for most people to start steak and nuts when they don't really know me yet or don't really trust me yet. But the people who did it always reported better energy throughout the day, tend to have better productivity, better focus, and, and just better workout performance. So. Having some form of higher fat, higher protein breakfast will keep you full throughout the morning. It will give you often a better level of energy. <coughs> Pardon me. And you know, it, it's for most people, it's much much easier to follow the diet after that. And it will also allow you to bulk some of your carbs later in the day if you have social occasions in the evening, because most people don't have social occasions first thing. Then, what we're looking at. I'm probably looking at something around the peri-workout window. So peri-workout means around the workouts. Having something 60 to 90 minutes before your training to, it will really, really benefit your performance in the gym. Whether you do 60 or 90 is very, very individual. What I'd recommend is maybe starting at the 60 mark and then seeing how you feel. If you feel like your energy was lagging, you feel like you couldn't perform well, maybe go for 30 to 45 minutes before your training. If you went into the session and you're feeling a little bit sick, maybe go more towards 75 to 90 minutes before your training. Having some form of protein in this meal will be good. Having a little bit of fat in this meal. And then just depending on your goal and the stage of your training, some form of carbohydrates will help with your performance that being said people think you need carbohydrate in the meal immediately before um, your training that's not necessarily the case as if you have a good carbohydrate meal in the evening before you still should have some glycogen reserves in order to fuel your training but if you have high volume training or you can handle the carbs particularly well having some carbs here will be of benefit Having something 60 to 90 minutes after your workout will also be of benefit. Um, The anabolic window they talk about isn't as small as people think. You don't have to get off your last set of exercises and ram a protein shake down your neck within 10 seconds. That being said, having something around 60 to 90 minutes afterwards would be a real benefit to sort of like allow you to relax and recover from training to kickstart this recovery process. Again, having some protein in that to replenish, you know, broken down tissue as well as some form of carbohydrates Um, to help with recovery and help protein sparing, will also be good understand that we grow muscle and burn body fat at rest our training is just a stimulus to do so so if we're ramping up stress hormones during our training having something like some carbohydrates will help calm the nervous system down potentially and be a good thing just to get us in this restful state after training and then the last meal is talking about the last meal of the day Uh, what do you have for dinner and there's two things to think of here is, what potentially is the optimal thing to have for dinner for various individuals? Um, and what? how do we manage social occasions? Because this is the meal where we often slip up, this is the meal where we often grab snacks, where we get bored, where we have a, a dinner out. So how do we manage this? First, in terms of what to have on the quote-unquote optimal routine, again, having some protein, all meals should come with vegetables and greens because we should be calorie deficient, but never nutrient deficient. And some level of fats to help slow digestion down over the course of the over the course of sleep when you're not getting any food in. That being said, I wouldn't recommend eating too close to bed because if you're eating too close to bed, and the body is still heavily digesting and there's extra blood flow. It could interrupt how well you sleep. But that's not always possible, and I wouldn't worry about that too much. Some form of carbohydrates if you struggle to sleep. Could also be a benefit, again, of helping release serotonin and help calming the nervous system down to help promote restful sleep. And some berries before bed can help stock up liver glycogen um, without going too silency, just so growth hormone works particularly well. We don't have any drop of blood sugars during the evening. So that's what we do if, if we have nothing in our diaries. But what strategies could we use with our meal timing to work around business dinners, meals out, and everything that comes up tends to be at the end of the day? Well, when we're looking at our meal plan design and looking at our ideal meal plan, a great idea is to potentially look at bulking most of our calories into our evening meal. If anyone looks at some of the meal plans I make, my busy um, executives um, have and the meal plans I make for them, you tend to find their breakfast and lunches are relative, relatively leaner meals, anywhere between 300 and 550 to 600 calories. You often find my evening meals are anywhere between you know, 700 to 1,000 calories at times. Why is this? This is because that means during the day they're really, really busy, and if they get tired to eat at all, they probably don't have much time to wolf down a meal. But in the evening, they have more tendency to overeat. Having this will mean you can damage limitation those meals out without having to stress and worry about it too much. And bulking your calories in the, the day just could be an easy way that you've got a lot of food, so you're not hungry to snack in the evenings where you don't go out. Another thing to look at is training days and rest days. Understand that sometimes that when you're training, you've got to think if you've got to commute to the gym that's half an hour each way and you've got a training session that's probably going to be around an hour, you've got around a two-hour window where you're not eating. That's less time in your day if you continue go around work to actually get hungry. So maybe this is a time where you go for your oilier, fattier cuts of fish and oilier, fattier cuts of meat, which are more nutrient-dense but added less added fats like avocados, nuts and seeds. Um, so you have a le- little bit less food volume on those uh, training days where you don't have as much eating windows but then on our rest days where we don't have that extra two hours that's an extra two hours where we can get pretty hungry so maybe if you're having a meal plan that stays the same all the way through the week having leaner cuts of meat like your chicken and your turkey and your white fish on those days to allow you to add extra foods in your avocados your nuts your seeds on those days to bulk out your meals and give you as much volume as possible could be a benefit so there's my first few tips on how to maximize your meal timing. If you need any more advice, please drop me a message at Kingsy Dunn on Instagram or at www.madecoaching.com. If you want any more guidance, there's a blog on that site, there's a way of contacting me. So, any more help, I'm more than happy to help.